Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Yeah, welcome to the bridge. I recently had the opportunity to travel to Daeyang, Sichuan, to observe preparations for the New Year's Opera Show. Whoa. Got to play around on their extensive sets, which is fun. You know, I'm not an actor like Alex is, so I wanted to talk about it and help our Western fans understand Chinese <laughs> New Year a little better. Today with us is Alex. Sure, hello, Alex. Hello, everybody. I hope you've missed me. This is Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I didn't actually, you know, I've always gone to my mother-in-law's home, my wife, my Chinese wife's mother's home, where we watch Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that there are not just one day of performances, right? There's the New Year gala that is probably the most famous, which is the eve of Chinese New Year. And everyone watches that. The next day, I'm usually in the house, relatives are coming and going, and there's more performances. Well, I got to go see mm. some of those preparations, which is really cool. I'm a big fan of opera, Chinese opera specifically. So it was a really fun experience mm. for me. Um, I was wondering, yeah. Alex, you know, I have a bunch of questions mm -hmm. for you because I want to help people understand the importance of the Chinese New Year Gala. In the past, we've talked about it, tried to compare it to the Super Bowl, but I don't really think that that yeah. is what it's like because the halftime show at the Super Bowl only ho has two or three people in it, you know, two or three really famous performers. <laughs> but the Chinese New Year Gala has like... It's a big show involving so many different celebrities, so many different dancing troops and performers and acrobats and so forth. You know, you were a little girl when this show was really becoming popular because it, it just had kicked off in 1983 and you're born, what, I'm guessing early 90s, late 80s. So I guess the question, Alex, is what was it like growing up in a household, uh, you know, in China when this gala was becoming really famous and popular in the 90s? I mean, the beginning of the Chinese New Year gala as we know it today, the one that you know and the one that many people uh, watch on the on New Year's Eve, re only really started, I think, six years before I was born. So I wow. didn't miss out on too much. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't miss out on too much. Um, and for me, it's not a, like you said, it's not really Super Bowl because as much as of a family activity, um, it's not really something that you have to prepare for, but you are super anticipating it mentally because you just go watch it. And I'm saying that because the couple of very limited Super Bowl watching experience like people are getting ready because it's still a sports centered event mm -hmm. and the, the halftime show is kind of a, a kick up in the middle mm. of the activity but the New Year's gala is like it's for this day and it's for Chinese New Year which is exclusively for Chinese people and not just people that are, you know, Chinese by citizenship, also people that are Chinese by culture, by mm, family mm. Uh, associations. And so the New Year's Gala is something that kind of just gather you around for the specific timing. And as a kid, it really, um, for me, it's always those comedy sketch shows that are on the Chinese New Year Gala that played a huge part in, in me. And then I keep thinking back on what I'm doing today day um and the the kind of personality i have maybe part of it was because of all of these what we call xiaopin like a little roughly translated into little works 
um, which is just sketch comedy shows on mm. stage that are created just for the gala. And we watched a lot of it. And it really kind of showcased uh, a lot of the humor from my hometown in the northeast part of mm. China. And people really loved it. So I guess that probably played a part in making me who I am today. And I've always loved like repeating those classic lines from those sketch shows on the on the New Year's gala. And um, we like to watch it. Actually, you know, the I don't know if you've done it, Jason, with with uh, with your wife and your wife's family. But you know how they do the countdown at the uh, end of it. But that countdown actually, you know, very different from watching the ball drop mm-hmm. on um, in New York or, or anywhere else where they do a huge uh, outdoor events to where people count down together and they say Happy New Year and each year. Uh, in my memory, it hasn't always been that important because I I would be asleep before that time because <laughs> we have that. You know how we have that late meal and then after that I'm yeah, just gone. Right. It's like Thanksgiving where you're about to go to sleep and it's also like New Year where you're supposed to stay up late. So it's kind of yeah. wow. Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective. Well, you know, I got to I, firstly, I, I, I've been to the opera here in Beijing. So uh, Mei Lan Fang is one of the mm. theaters that's really known. It's named for a famous performer. But you also have Chang'an Grand Theater, which I've also been to. And I went through a period where I was trying to go to a whole bunch of yeah. them. The only thing holding me back was my wife who was like no you're spending too much money going to all these mm-hmm. operas and I, you know i've seen obviously you know madam butterfly <laughs> and back in the states i've seen um uh fan of the opera so i'm a huge fan of opera going to Young and seeing that they were preparing for this massive opera performance was interesting because not only was it a massive opera performance but like you said it was all these little performances one after another after another and so i got to see a series of these five to ten minute operas and being backstage was a lot of fun because Alex gets to go backstage a lot because she does some acting and some performing. But for me, being backstage was really special. So we arrived in Daeyang and they had this huge set of sets. And so I got to pretend I was in like 1960s China and I got to pretend I was on a spaceship and mm. they had all these really cool sets and some of them were quite mythical. And, they, and what's really interesting also is they had a mixture of contemporary art form, like contemporary hip hop and dance and rap mixed with traditional oh, wow. uh, opera. And so, yeah, they, they were performing the show, big show called Basher de Ban, but in, in local dialect, it's Basa de Bay, oh, which means like really, really cool. I guess it means like, wow, really well done. Something like that. Really cool, really comfy. Yeah, yeah. like, so oh, this thing rocks. Yeah, and they had all these super famous <laughs> young uh, actors. And they also had famous uh, opera performers who everyone I knew around me was like, oh, this is this famous lady. Her name is Dada. Da, 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 da. I mean, I couldn't remember all of their names, mm. but they had a ton of them and uh, all they were all performing together and doing all these different shows where they had hip hop mixed up mm. with like traditional uh, Chinese opera. And it was sung a lot in contemporary Mandarin. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really exciting. And I got to be there for several days before the big performance. And, and so I w- it was really exciting. And so this year I'm looking forward watching the performance uh, for the Chinese. Chinese opera gala uh, in Wuhan, where I'm going to be this Chinese New Year. So I think 
it was it was a really great experience. One other thing I got to do was put on full makeup and full I regalia. You no, know? you did it. I did. I did. Here's the thing: the costume <laughs> for the face they did of me didn't fit because I'm too fat. So they had to give me a different costume, <laughs> and it, so my face and costume don't completely match for people who know. And some people there were actually really oh, I see, ups, uh, unhappy about this because they were like, you, you know, this dressing one face, which took like 40 minutes to put on with the costume didn't work because it, it, it hurts the integrity of the characters because I'm wearing one costume with a different face. And so some people were like, Oh, we're not sure you can do this. And so it was really interesting. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to try cause it makes you look so it makes you look, it kind of, you know, amplifies the features for men and women in different characters in, in, in picking opera. Like if you're a woman, they do your eyes in a very like, you know, the lines that they they do the eye makeup with, it makes you look more feminine. And mm-hmm. and then I, I just always wondered what I would look like with that kind of makeup. There are <laughs> services. There are services that do put you in that kind of makeup and costume that you can do, you know, like a, a, a portrait series of mm-hmm. you as a picking opera actress. And I've always wanted to do that. But I guess Jay Jason is the luckier one among the two of us. You know, I got to say, I want to say one more thing about this, though, because we were behind set. They weren't really ready for us uh, non-professionals to get dressed up like this. So when I Uh finished, I just had to go to a regular, you know, men's room to wash it off. And they only had like really weak sauce kind of uh, soap. And it took like a full hour to get the makeup off because it's It's a lot of makeup. Yeah, I can imagine. There is actually one uh, KOL with us. We call it someone who started a Douyin account and got really popular. She is a very young uh, female uh, picking opera uh, artist. I think this should be called artist more than mm. anything else. And she showcases how she puts on the, the uh, headpieces and her makeup and her costume. It's such a, an elaborate process and it involves so many different parts and the mm. way that they have to preserve it. And it looks like it's nothing on them, but they are wearing something that probably is like, I think five kilos or something wow. at least if yeah if it's, it's a it's a casual character if you play like a general or something then the you know that you've seen those like really long yeah, yeah, beards yeah. fake beard oh no I can't imagine having to like walk around and, and do the moves and sing and keep your voice steady with all of that heavy 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 costume you know I was watching one of the performers backstage because there were some people professionals in full uh, costume all every day and I noticed started noticing because uh how long I was around that they do these very casual movements to adjust their dress before they do this very complicated move. So this guy was kicking his own head, right? No, it was like no problem. It was like casually like, you know, how you would scratch your nose for him. But right Mm. right before he did this each time, he would use his other hand to adjust his clothes slightly to Uh the right so that it would give him more leg kicking space out of his costume. Yeah, yeah, So like every time he like instinctively knows how to adjust himself to do all these very complicated moves. <laughs> One of the things I thought was really intense was the facial expressions that they're able to make and like the way they move their head, because sometimes they'll be moving their head very naturally looking and then suddenly it just snaps to one side and their eyes will look another way. It's like <laughs> very, it's like, whoa, that's like the intensity. If everyone walked around and moved like this all the time, it'd be a very different world. <laughs> that's the, that's the goal, you know, it's to, cause you know, I mean, it's the same as any other kind of um, original 
original performance arts, performance arts or any stage arts, you are further away from the audience before TV or screen was a thing. So you kind of just have to do very exaggerated moves and facial expressions just so that they can also see there's some kind of emotional change or uh, any sort of changes on stage a little bit more clearly um, instead of just listening to the words. And so that's why they like to do, you know, the I like the sudden, the very sharp turn that they do, like you just described. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you were, imagine if you were on the other end when he just suddenly turns his head and he's staring at you right in the face. Mm. <laughs> you would probably, be, if you're close, you'd probably be scared too because well, they ha- really, really open. Oh yeah. You're listening to the bridge. But I wanted to ask you more about the Chinese New Year performances uh, all together. And like, you know, in America, culture has changed. You know, pop culture has changed dramatically over time. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, people in the 1980s, they used to love watching Miss America pageants and they used to love watching the Oscars. But people don't really (laughs) anymore. Like the amount of people watching these kinds of huge performances has dropped off, you know, to less than Mm. half of what it used to be. Families don't sit around the TV and watch these performances anymore but it seems like to me everyone is still watching the chinese new year performances whether they have to use their phone or the ipad or whether they're watching at home with their parents or they're watching it with their friends so could you tell me has it retained its importance in chinese culture i think importance wise is definitely still the same even though i'm sure you've heard of it from your chinese friends and i've read about it on media or the way they organize the gala but the gala itself still bears a huge importance of uh, this one event that that brings everybody back because you're supposed to of course there's different um different customs of what you do while you're watching the gala mm-hmm. in between southern china and northern china um for example i'm from northeast part of china northern people uh we like to make dumplings we need to have that one dumpling meal mm-hmm. outside of the actual meal um around 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and there's different cities have their own different kind of uh, uh stories about when and how you eat the dumplings but it's always during the chinese new year gala and even if people are going to kind of mock it or or joke about it we will still watch it you know how um the super bowl means that the halftime show is going to be a very very high standard and highly highly entertaining Uh and people are going to judge it if you just bring someone that's loved and they don't go full you know they don't go all out Uh with their stage design and their choreography and all of that helicopters and the lighting design all of it (laughs) i know like going overboard, but it's like to see faces of celebrities that they've liked that year. Mm. You know, people that are that that are great actors, great singers, great uh, great dancers, and they could be doing outside of what they usually do on the gala. For example, the, a dancer could be asked to sing a song, and and a singer could also sing and dance or do a sketch comedy thing on the New Year's gala. And people, I don't think this is going away anytime soon in terms of how people feel. Um, how people want to be uh, around the family when they're watching the Chinese New Year Gala. What shows they do, what shows they plan on that gala, that's a different that's a different story. But the importance, the meaning of the New Year's Gala is still that one time of the year when everybody is going home to be with their family and watch this giant party that's go that goes on for five hours. Mm. You know, I was on a different radio show as a guest yesterday. And one of the things that we were discussing mm. uh, is that, you know, for America, I think a lot of 
national unity comes from movies, right? The new Dune movie comes out. Everyone goes mm. to see it, right? You know, Makes sense. every, you know, not everyone, but you know, 70, 80% of the population go watch Avatar, whatever. Yeah. And these are kind of like unifying cultural moments for China. It seems like as an outsider in China that everyone comes together every year to watch this performance. And then the discussion about that performance affects culture. I remember, you know, you're talking about Dongbei. I remember Northeast. I mm. remember about three or four years ago, there was a particularly influential Northeast song that included like comical elements and local, uh, you know, dialect. And I remember everyone for mm. weeks after in Beijing that I knew trying to learn more Dongbei Hua as a consequence <laughs> of having seen this performance. Suddenly, I had never even heard of Dongbei Hua. It went from I'd never heard of Dong Bei Hua to everyone is trying to teach me Dong Bei Hua everywhere I go and uh. giggling about all of these phrases that they had learned. And I thought this is really interesting. And I've since reflected on that. And I, I, I think there are all kinds of regions mm. that their culture are expressed in different ways during different galas. And it's a way for China to kind of bond. It's sort of like a unifying point in space and time where China comes together and has yeah. like, it's, it's like we're all sitting down at the same table once a year. Yeah. So the gala itself, it actually tries, at least, at least in recent years, it's trying to be more inclusive. It's trying to make sure that it represents different uh, walks of life. Because again, this is the end of year celebration and it symbolizes a great beginning of the next year. So it wants to bear all of those meanings. And for example, people from the North Northeast want to see more things that are more Northeastern or not Northern and people from the South. Um, because uh, Shanghai, for example, Shanghai kind of humor is very different from Northeast kind of humor. But Shanghai humor is also very, very um, important. It's very crucial and, and it has a lot of influence and it's really um, it has a long history among people that speak kind of the Shanghai dialect. Um, so people, Shanghai people want to see more of that and then maybe Southern people want to see more of their stuff. Um, but at least it's trying to have someone representing each part, like, for example, example, uh, mostly every year, the beginning of the gala would be a dance piece or a kind of a singing piece with younger celebrities and the, 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 the dance crowds behind them would always be people from all of 56 different ethnic ethnic groups in China. And you will see that. And then there's also a very important part of the gala where they will invite people who have won like the badge of honor for being really excellent in their line of work um, mm. and people who mm. have made great, great uh, contributions to the country's advancement uh, mm. or just, mm. you know, just have been outstanding uh, craftsmen, artists, scientists. And every year these people have uh, a lot of screen time and they will ask them to tell their stories. Um, and then that's just it's just kind of everything in five hours. So it's not just like one kind of a, a one sided uh, or one face event where it's about one thing. So it's not like just about performance. It's not just about uh, comedy. It's not just about people being together. It's kind of like you going back to your big, big family and someone in the family that's good at singing and dancing will be asked to do songs <laughs> and dances and someone that is very achieved at work will have to talk about their work. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess so. That makes 
makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I also noticed, and I don't know much about it, so you're going to have to fill me in if I say ignorant things here. But it seems to me, for, firstly, the one that I went to do young, it, I thought it was a regional performance, but it's actually a national performance. It's the one that happens on CCTV One. But I also noticed by going to Shandong every year, mostly, that there are regional performances. So if I go to Shandong local TV channel, there is a gala there. So that we have national galas and we also have regional galas happening at the same time. Actually, I think America would could use some of this. We're having some difficulty creating unifying elements in our own culture. Maybe China has this on us that we can <laughs> that we could learn from. Oh yeah. You're listening to the bridge. I wanted to ask you a bunch of different questions. It's Chinese New Year. We can't just talk about the CNY yes. performance. What foods, what traditional foods are associated with Chinese New Year <laughs> and what meanings do they have? And I'm not going to jump in um, and be judgy we, because I don't know. You were just, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I was just having this conversation with my friend from Jiangxi province, who mm. um, I guess that counts as Southern China. It's really, it's super different apparently. And I've learned, uh, I've recently found out, I think in the past maybe five or six years as we talk to more people from different parts of China because majority of people in China especially if we're from uh like the the northern part of China it's just a very uh it's a, a common acknowledge acknowledgement that you eat dumplings on Chinese New Year or New mm. Year's Eve you make mm. dumplings together because it's such a family activity everybody could pitch right. in even just for five minutes even if you make really ugly dumplings <laughs> it's a family activity you pitch in I can't make dumplings Alex they <laughs> we'll don't train jason this year so that they no it's not possible i i try to stick them together they just come apart i'm not good at you put it your, you put more efforts in and so you will tragic. be good you'll be better you can do this jason we'll make you do this you make a video <laughs> make a video this year go through a seven day intensive training of making dumplings and put that on tiktok i think you will get a lot of views but um we make dumplings but apparently a lot of people that are not from northern parts parts of china they make uh the sticky rice cake um as uh yeah, oh, yeah they make that sure. but i don't know if they make it at home like do you do they make it from scratch i'm not sure and then uh, apparently a lot of other people they make uh hot pots they just eat hot pot um in china on chinese new year's eve and that maybe counts as family cooking together huh. because wow. you have to <laughs> put the ingredients in the boiling broth and that is essentially cooking um so apparently people have very different traditions but dumpling is just one thing that really represents a lot of people and even if they're from southern china if you tell them we're having dumplings they will know that it means it's an important day or it means that when your family is together you kind of want to eat that um so there's no one thing that's common that every parts of china shares when it comes to what kind of food they eat um mm -hmm, if we have to mm -hmm, pick one mm -hmm. thing maybe it's fish i think everybody will want to have yeah a i was gonna fish say dish on the new year's eve banquet there's a person on instagram and she She's a Chinese lady. I don't know where she's from. Yeah. But I noticed that she goes on Instagram and she says five things. And then she says something about China, like five things Chinese women are looking for in men or five things that Chinese in-laws are. Oh, looking. God. <laughs> and it's a bunch of things like this. She does a one every single day. And I'm often watching them thinking that doesn't seem true. <laughs> like I've been here 11 years. I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. And I think it's one of these things where yeah. she's from a particular place. And I think a lot of people conflate their local regional like perspectives on 
something with the national perspective. Because I think there's a lot more diversity in China than um, even a lot of Chinese people recognize because maybe not everyone has traveled around China. And so when you say... Think about it, Jason. Yeah. It's a huge place. Well, I, I know... I, I'm 35. Yeah. When you say dumplings, I thought every single household in all of China is eating dumplings. So, you know, it kind of... Sometimes... <laughs> yeah, I just, I just assumed because in North China, that's what we do. Everywhere I've gone, I, every single time I go yeah. somewhere, they are always yeah. eating dumplings for Chinese New Year. So I just assumed and conflated in my own head. I guess that's just what Chinese people do. But China is not a monolith like that. Yeah. It's so not. And me, I'm 35 years old and I'm still finding out about things that other uh, people from other parts of China do annually and they've been doing for generations and centuries and even millennia and I didn't know about. And so it's really, again, we've always done the show. China is such a big country and with a very, very long history and there's so many different sides. Mm -hmm. And each side alone could probably be looked at as a kind of a, a very significant part mm -hmm. of the culture, mm -hmm. but it, it's not the same across board. Well, let's talk about decorations. Let's switch gears here. So because my my wife, she puts mm. uh, the poems, the couplets around the door and she puts like a, uh, you know, mm. a big foo in the middle where it's like, the, you know, the word for luck. And there's a, I noticed a lot of people mm. uh, have pictures of the god of money. Taishan, all over grocery stores yes. and stuff. So what kind of Chinese New Year, you know, <laughs> decorations are important for most Chinese people? Well, the first ones I think, you know, you see them everywhere is the, you know, the... Um, the banners, the Chinese New Year banners that you put on your on your door, right? It has the mm -hmm. left one and the right one, and then the middle one. And usually, it has to rhyme. It has it always means um it always means good luck and blessings in the coming year, and 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 it's always written in very nice calligraphy. That I think is uh what everybody likes to do. And then there's always going to be the character Fu, which means blessings, mm -hmm. um in the middle of the in the center of everything because we you know this is a, a time to wish for um uh, you know more auspicious happenings over the next chinese calendar year uh -huh. um and then a lot of people like to put like you said taishan they like to put them on the windows or if you're you live in the countryside they put them um and the i think in the kitchen windows i could be wrong mm. um and the, that's the fortune of god because you know i don't know if you've seen that video of uh, ronnie lang yeah the, i've seen the, that the singaporean you know, we have a god of says, money. Um, I hope <laughs> yeah. you get rich. Yeah. We have a god of money. And then in Chinese New Year, we say, I hope you get rich. Yeah. I hope you get rich. And it's not even that. That term is so I love how that term is coined because it's not like, oh, I hope you get rich. It means literally uh, it's translated into congratulations for the big fortune. So we're already wow. like speaking on something that we think already had that already that has already happened to you. Mm. So we congratulate you instead of wishing you it's just so to make it wow, stronger in the intense. laws of attraction. Congratulations on the great fortune you're making this year. That's fantastic. You already made. Yeah, Way to you manifest. Got it. You got luck. it this yeah. year. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I love, love that. that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also the uh, a lot of people, if young couples are expecting kids and whatever, they like to put the, that little, I don't know if you've seen that little fat baby, you know, with <laughs> yeah, a yeah, very yeah. cute hairstyle. Like Basically, there are kind of um, uh, decided or, or the figures and images that people are used to to express different kinds of good wishes um, on their own family that they'd like to decorate their house with. And then a lot mm. of people put lanterns mm. on their uh, by their window as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lanterns. 
lanterns, right? Because there is a lantern day on the 15th day, right? Yes, correct. Oh, well, we've been trying to hope that, you know, we could we could uh, we could have the Chinese New Year holiday until Lantern's Day. Let us finish the, the sticky rice fall and then call it an end to the celebration of Chinese New Year. 15 we, we days of celebrations. That. Wow, guys, you hear that in America? <laughs> 15 days of celebrations. We could do better. OK, so um, this this one I think is interesting. Taboos. And I've got a couple in mind. But, you know, are there bad things mm. that you could do during this time or or see or, or put up as decorations or say or what what should you avoid doing i feel like this is something that's never been said or something because it's just a, such a happy time of the year and everybody knows just not to be you know for lack of a better word a party pooper and do something that's unpleasant but of course i i don't want to make it sound like it's all beautiful and harmony everywhere of course when we go home to the families there's going to be arguments and disagreement just like thanksgiving dinner tables um in a, in America, i was gonna say whatever you know christmas is a time yeah. for arguing about politics in america <laughs> uncle so-and-so oh, had a couple yeah. too many beers and he's gonna be telling us about you know his politics now <laughs> yeah that's a little different here it's not really on politics or whatever it's usually matters that are very very closely related to your personal well-being or your family's mm. expectations of you and so it's never really something that you know um of course politics is important but it's not directly affecting how you're doing over the next couple of months or years you know mm-hmm. um i mean of course it does but you know what i mean like chinese families are probably going to be more and you know they will spend more energy and more time on on matters that are directly affecting their loved ones right you know i was gonna say it seems to me that I've known a lot of young Chinese ladies and very often they complain the the biggest worry for them is going home because they all want to go home to see mom and dad is that mom and dad are going to tell them oh, what who who are you dating or have you gotten married or when are you going to have a baby and so forth yeah it's that's that's a thing but I've you know uh, there has been uh, a lot of media there's one uh, a comedian that I really wish I could talk to her in person I at some point, but I'm not going to name her name, but she went on a, uh, a U.S. radio show talking about how she is 27 and she has no right to choose the man she wants to be with anymore because when you're 27, you're looked at as leftover wow. uh, women and you, you have to just be with whoever um, oh my gosh! Willing to cast an eye on you, and then she was telling people how, like in China, you have to pay a breakup fee if, like, a guy wants to break up with a girl. You have to pay a breakup fee um, because uh, they they've used your youth and taken up your time. I was like, wow! I wish someone had told. I wish this was true. I would just break up with guys for a living, <laughs> like <laughs> get rich. <laughs> How and then people were like, people are like, oh my god, really? That's horrible. I was like, you believe this is a thing? Like maybe some weird uh, guy has done this and it, it it got put on the internet. <laughs> but you really believe that there's a country where guys have to break up with the girls and and if the they have to pay to break up with the girls, you think people would still date if that's a, mm. a real mm. reality? Uh, so I was like, okay, same thing with people going home for Chinese New Year, um, and then their parents ask them about their dating life and 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 their work as well and there's always going to be generational differences that's mm-hmm. i think i think 
think that's the same across the globe. It mm. may be on different. Like you said, American generations might disagree more on politics. And in China, it's mm-hmm. just more we disagree more on the idea of, of relationships, marriage and mm. personal career development. And the thing is, if you really are uh, someone that's capable of making decisions for yourself, you will find ways to communicate with your family so that they're not on your back. They're not, you know, making you miserable. And are there people that are miserable because of this? Of course. But again, it's the same in every country. It's not like Chinese parents are just <laughs> their Their goal is to just make their kids life miserable as much as they can. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so um, next question. Red underwear. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is this about? Can you please allow? allow what let's, does that mean? Yeah, let's clarify <laughs> that first. There's nothing. There's nothing. What you're thinking? It's um when we say underwear, of course, is everything that goes under the sweater or the especially again in in northern China because I'm from the north. I know uh, northern customs more, but in in the mm. south is the same. It's like you know your 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 undies and uh, you know your socks. what we call yeah. your socks and then what we call the, the long johns and the yeah, undershirts yeah. you wear red ones for good luck but uh, at least for the part of the country that i am from um you have to wear i think you can choose to wear but you have to wear it if it's your animal year for example Mm. the year that's coming is the year of dragon so Mm. if you were born in the 12th year uh cycle from 2024 going backwards then you have to wear red because apparently things are going to be a little bit harder when it's your animal year and there's a whole theory behind it so you have to wear red uh during chinese new year to fight off the bad the bad luck and the the color red is just always looked at as a very very lucky color in chinese culture you know i want to mention what's really interesting about this is you go to the grocery store any time of the year and there's normal socks right but then you go to the grocery store (laughs) or any store and there's a huge during around chinese new year especially the couple weeks before there are just an aisle of red socks. And so all these families are buying as many red socks as they can. I've known people and I've done it myself who have worn red socks every single day of that year. So they just basically go and they buy 20 pairs of red socks. And that year, that's all they wear. That's all they're going to wear. (laughs) Have you seen what's on the bottom of those red socks? Oh, it's a little person. (laughs) Why is there a little person on the bottom of the red socks, Alex? (laughs) Because it literally says a lot of us, a lot of socks even puts the characters on it. It says step on the little person, like you know, <laughs> the, okay, the word little person, like little human or whatever, however you you know you could properly translate it. Mm. It basically means a despicable person in your. In, wow. in, 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 it means that like step on step on the despicable ones. You you walk. They will be under your feet when you walk wow. your journey this year because Intense. you know they're yeah they want you to be free of any of any backstabbing any any conspiring behind your back from these despicable uh, crowds whoever they may be so like if people think they have been uh conspired against in the previous year and that they've had bad luck with people they've just met really petty people in their work or personal life they'll definitely go buy quite a few pairs of those socks and they'll just put them on every step they take they're like i'm gonna step you down step on you the whole I'm year gonna be, i'm gonna be above <laughs> you <laughs> wow okay so yeah. uh 
I want to give one exact two examples, a Western idea and a Chinese idea from my own family. So Mm. um, in in the West, we have this thing for dispelling bad luck. We throw salt over our right shoulder. I think it's our right shoulder. And that's like supposed to be throwing away the bad luck. This is just a, you know, example, you know, people, this is superstition. People who do this don't really believe, believe, believe that magic is happening, but they do it anyway. But it's it's kind of, of, it's a cultural phenomenon, right? Yeah. It's it's like, you know, yeah. Starting off your marriage. Marriage uh, by stepping on the right foot as your first step, for example. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. What are some Chinese New Year greetings? And maybe you could teach us one or two mm, in mm. Chinese. And what do they mean? Why do oh, we say okay. that? Very simple ones. We'll start with, uh, we also say, which is happy New Year, but it's, mm. it's Chinese New Year. So we also say, or we say a more Chinese way. Um, we say, yeah, or more Chinese expression is, which means happy. Yeah, which means happy new spring because Chinese New Year is the spring festival. It, it, it oh. symbolizes the beginning of the spring farming season in Chinese calendar. Um, and then again, this is, we. I think we've talked about this last year. Uh, it happens on this day because it's the Chinese calendar. So that's why it's called the Chinese New Year because the lunar calendar is different from the Chinese calendar. It's a completely different topic. Right, uh, yeah. So yeah, so it's it's the Chinese New Year. Um, we also say the one that I said earlier, which means congratulations on your big fortune that in your in my universe you've already made that fortune so it's going to happen i'm just keeping keep sending that uh good energy over there so you can make your uh big fortune um and then you also say other things as uh that that's kind of a combination and arrangements of these different elements you can say um uh like i congratulate you like i congratulate you on the beginning of a new happy year uh yeah so things like that they're quite they're quite a feel and there are ways where you can sound a little bit more you know eloquent and 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 elegant Mm. and there are other ways that are just more straightforward um but probably the most common ones Mm. is mandarin it it is mandarin but you can also say that everything has their uh cantonese version of course and and the cantonese version is also very popular because of the uh you know how many people from that cantonese speaking area are have moved overseas uh historically so right. a lot of people know gong hai fa choi um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. sounds a, familiar it's now the same that thing. you mentioned it's the same thing yeah i'm gonna ask you a more personal question don't worry it's not too personal Can you okay tell, well, let's we want to travel our listeners want to travel back in time to you know 1990s china with you could you tell us a story because we all remember different things for different reasons it's not always clear could you tell yeah. us a story you remember of being a little girl and preparing or celebrating chinese new year <laughs> um so there's one thing that we like to do a lot in northeast part of china which is to we will clean some coins we'll like put them in boiling hot water and then mm. put them in, in in alcohol to clean it and then we like to put the coins in the dumplings we'll put maybe some families put only one some families put a little more depending mm. on the size of the family and then people who can eat the dumpling who can find the dumpling with the coin in it mean and, and it, that means that they will have a good luck or they will mm. have a lot of fortune next year um but instead of a, a, a sign of good luck it became became quite a competition for me. 
I was very obsessed about getting the dumplings, getting the dumplings with the coins. And mm. I have always been a very annoying kid when it comes to that part <laughs> of Chinese New Year's Eve. I would always cry if I couldn't find it. So Aww. I, yeah. And then I would overeat. <laughs> I get really, really upset. And then one of my family relatives they <laughs> they found it. So they were like, look, I'll just give this dumpling to you. I said, no, it doesn't count. It didn't. I didn't bite into the dumpling. It doesn't count. So my mom had to sneak to the kitchen, into the kitchen and put a dumpling, put a coin back in a dumpling and try to disguise it and make it look like it was not broken before. And then she was like, look, look, this one, this one is for you. This one might have it. Try it out. And then I found it. And then I didn't even eat that dumpling. I just found the coin. And then I went to bed in the next morning. I had the worst stomach pain because I ate so many dumplings the night before. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still very competitive today about it. And that sounds like, you know, a five minute cartoon, you know, that someone should animate that story and to tell, teach us about Chinese. I New keep Year. saying. Yeah, that's a pretty good story. And it's so cute. Yeah. yeah imagine a chubby little girl trying to get the coins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at least you're eating them and you're not just opening them one after another, trying to find the coin or something. You know, you followed the rules to the best of your ability. I you, you're like, these are the rules. I'm yeah, going for it. There are kids that do that, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. are there kids? Oh, that's terrible, actually. That's, you know, then we should it just. Is, buy it is. Yeah. It's a huge waste. Um, okay, so what about music? Are there classical Chinese songs that are associated with this that people listen to? Are you here in grocery stores and malls and stuff? You'll always hear this one. And also, it's a music that kicks off the Chinese New Year Gala, and it will be played in grocery stores uh, a lot. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, it's probably not going to. Probably not going to. Uh, mean anything to I, people, I instantly but. knew what the song was when you made those sounds <laughs> see see if you if you yeah. lived in china for long enough maybe even just one year one chinese new year you'll know that because that music is everywhere yeah. and then um there's one song by andy lao uh i think the song came out in 20 i want to say 2005 but maybe it was or 2008 i can't remember but ever since that song came out oh actually it came out in 2005 because i just read an article saying that's 19 years of andy lao working in grocery stores and i was what does that mean? And then I read, I clicked into the article because 19 years ago that song came out and it said, yeah. like, I congratulate you on the big fortune. Yeah. And then uh, good things come, come over, bad things go away. You know, it's just like a very, very uh, haunting in a good way, very haunting song that he sung. And, and they always play that in the, mm. in the grocery store. So people hear it on repeat. Like you will never hear the end of that song during Chinese New Year. And then I think in the South, there's a song that's very popular as well. Uh, I can't remember the melody, but there's there's a feel that everybody knows. You know, there's one song. I don't know uh, what it is, who, what the context is that I remember hearing. And it goes like this. Gong shi gong shi gong shi ni. Gong shi gong shi ni. I hear that a lot. When yeah, yeah that one too. Yeah. That one too. That one's very Southern. Yeah. Well, we don't have a lot of time. I just wanted to ask you and I wanted to share my own plans for the Chinese New Year. Normally we, my wife and I... Ooh. We go back to Yantai, where her parents are, which is what we're supposed to do. But this year, uh -huh. we need to move a bunch of stuff because we live here in Beijing, but we also live in Wuhan. Mm. So this year, we're going home alone. Yeah. And we're going to try to do Chinese New Year's by ourselves. My wife is going to make her dumplings, which are the best in the world. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying that to get fa curry <laughs> favor with my wife, but are the best I've ever had. She does make, in fact, the actual best dumplings in the world. Oh, wow. And so we're going to go back. And we're going to, she's going to cook 
dumplings and I, we're going to decorate the house and nice. and we're going to watch the Chinese New Year Gala for sure. We don't have a television in our other house, but we're going to bust out the iPad or whatever Mm-mm. and we're going to watch it on the computer because it's that important. We might actually try to buy a TV, watch, just for see that. if we can get there in time. Yeah, just <laughs> for that. Just so we can watch the Chinese New Year Gala while we're in our home in, yeah. in, in Wuhan. What about you? What are your CNY plans this year, Alex? Well, um, I'm going back to my parents' house for a couple of days and that's pretty much it. I didn't plan anything else. My parents wanted to travel, um, but it was a little bit pricey for me to spend. I didn't want to spend 20K. I'm just going somewhere for three days or four days, you know, overseas. I mean, um, so it's just really a good time for me to kind of rest a little bit, catch up, really catch up on my readings and the script I need to write because that's a kind of, you know, seven days of Chinese New Year. It's relatively the quietest time of a year where not a lot of business is going on. And of course, uh, although I do want to make this one clarification, a lot of people are like, oh, you need to stock up on stuff because people are not working. People will be working. People are going to be working over Chinese New Year um, nonstop. Like nothing, you're not going to be running out of anything. And so if anyone comes to you and be like, oh, you're running going to run out of water. You got to set up, stock up on water. Don't believe that person. I don't know what they're trying to do, um, but that's not the truth. That's not reality. A lot of mom and pop shops close, but the big international kind of brands like malls, for example, are actually booming. They're busier than ever. Yeah. And then even the local stores, like they will go home. It depends. For example, that noodle shop that's close to our place, uh, they don't worry about customers ever. So they close for like 10 days or even sometimes two weeks or three weeks Mm. as they wish. But a lot of other shops, they stay open. Uh, Maybe they will have the night of uh, they will have Chinese New Year's Eve off. Well, that's all the time we have for our Chinese listeners. If you are a Chinese listener, whether you be in China or elsewhere, Please email us and let us know what are your local customs? What are your family customs? What do you do for Chinese New Year? Please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. Also, please feel free to send us a voice message and maybe we'll play your voice on our show. Thank you so much for your time, listeners. Thank you so much for your time, Alex. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody. And 恭喜发财. 